Broadcasting on the Drug Truth Network, this is Cultural Baggage. It's not only inhumane, it is really fundamentally un-American. My name is Dean Becker. I don't condone or encourage the use of any drugs, legal or illegal. I report the unvarnished truth about the pharmaceutical, banking, prison, and judicial nightmare that feeds on eternal drug war. Welcome to this edition of Cultural Baggage. I'm glad you can be with us. Here in just a few seconds, we'll hear from our guest for this program, Mr. Barry Cooper former narcotics officer, some deemed to be the most uh, proficient narcotics officer in the United States. He's produced a new DVD, a, a video that outlines how to never get busted again. First, though, I want to uh, wish you the very best uh, in this holiday season and hope you enjoy a joyous and prosperous 2007. Barry Cooper, a former law enforcement officer that some of his supervisors and others uh, aware of the work he did, say was perhaps the best narcotics officer in Texas, if not the whole U.S. of A. And he's produced a new DVD, Never Get Busted Again. Uh, the following quote is taken from the Tyler Morning Telegraph. Quote, law enforcement officers around East Texas were startled to find one of their former brothers of the badge is scheduled to begin selling a video describing how to avoid getting caught when stopped by police looking for illegal substances. Barry Cooper is with us today on Cultural Baggage. Welcome, Barry. Hey, I'm glad to be on your show, Dean. Well, I know that uh, we'll get into your DVD here in a minute. I think it's uh, important to share that, that information that can keep people from winding up behind prison bars. But uh, to begin with, tell me about your career in law enforcement. Well, I started out as a dispatcher in uh moved to a smaller agency in East Texas and trained my own narcotic detector dog where I only had five uh, miles of highway to work uh, highway narcotics interdiction. Within about a two-year period, I had made over a 100 narcotic seizures on that small highway. Uh, Permian Basin Drug Task Force heard what I was doing and hired me. That was in Odessa where I uh, was trained extensively and, and worked joint operations with the ATF, the FBI, the DEA, uh, military, uh, every agency you could imagine. And pretty soon they recognized what they called gifts of mine. And uh, soon I was traveling around the state of Texas at very, various police academies and uh, law enforcement agencies teaching other police officers how to successfully interdict uh, narcotics on the highway. I'm also highly trained in uh, undercover operations and search warrants. There's just all aspects of drug enforcement I was hands-on and involved in. Uh, Barry, you mentioned you were uh, part of the uh, Permian Basin Drug Task Force, and that's just one of many in, that were in Texas and in the U.S. as well, and I think they, more than any of the uh, municipal police forces, just did whatever they wanted to uh, make these numbers rise to ensure the continuance of that grant money from the, from the feds. Is that a fair assumption? Well, yeah, you, you're exactly right. In fact, once they learned that I was great at seizing narcotics uh, on the east and northbound traffic, 
they trained me and switched me to start working south and westbound traffic to catch the money. That way the uh, task force could stay in operation and their stats steadily rise. Another thing they did uh, was they encouraged us to take everybody to jail for small amounts of marijuana. Now, even though that would take, you know, five hours of our time to book somebody in jail for a joint while uh, real criminals were driving down the highway, they still wanted that arrest to show a statistic where they would continue to get the grant money. And, and I, as I understand it, uh, when an officer pulls over uh, a, a person, or perhaps a carload of youngsters in particular, many times there's a kind of a subterfuge, a bit of trickery in order to get into that trunk, in order to, uh, to increase those numbers. Is that, again, a fair assumption? Oh, absolutely. In fact, the worst injustice I've seen is narcotic detector teams. When somebody refuses consent to search on the side of the highway, group of kids or whomever, uh, when they refuse consent, uh, law enforcement is legally allowed to run a narcotic detector dog on the outside of the vehicle. Well, what happens when they do that, if the dog does not alert, the cops want to search that car so bad, they make their dog false alert. And once a narcotic detector dog alerts to a presence of narcotics, whether it be false or true, then the occupants of the vehicle have no choice and they have to allow the officers to search the car. And I, I know of at least a few instances, and I think it's more widespread, but uh, we're having built a, a case, the beginnings of a case, through the subterfuge that uh, cops get together before they go to trial and, and talk about uh, how the story's going to go, if you follow what I'm saying. Uh, your, your thoughts on that? Oh, of course. That happens every day. Uh, uh, worse than that, a police officer can gain illegal entry into your vehicle and then find the marijuana, and then he will put on his report that as he approached the vehicle, he smelled the odor of marijuana. Well, at that point, there's no way to tell. It, it, it appears that he's telling the truth because there was marijuana found in the car. But he never smelled marijuana to begin with. He just added that to his report. Absolutely, that goes on every day, and that's another gross injustice with our criminal justice system. And, and I guess with the, uh, the mindset being that, hey, they're druggies after all, anything goes, right? Yes, that, and, and here's the truth, too. Most of these law enforcement really are good guys, but their need for power and fame and peer acceptance and over and over being hammered as they're druggies, it's no big deal, that overrides their good conscience. That's exactly what happened to me. There were many cases I knew this wasn't right, but I was constantly being told and coached it is right, so that was the peer acceptance I need needed. And at that time, you know, I was a younger man, and I felt the need uh, to be famous and the need to uh, be powerful and to be on TV for my drug seizures. It had nothing to do with helping the American people or protecting children against drugs. 
it had nothing to do with that. It had to do with my own personal selfishness that that elevated me to the level that I got in destroying these people's lives and just carrying uh, carrying permission to do that in the form of a badge. Uh, once again, we're speaking with uh, Mr. Barry Cooper. He's the uh, producer of a brand new DVD, Never Get Busted Again. I, I want to read once again from the uh, Tyler Morning Telegraph. Quote, Smith County Deputy Constable Mark Waters, a drug interdiction officer, said he was appalled at the idea of a former officer selling such a video. He said, it's an embarrassment to all law enforcement officers across the United States who put their life on the line every day. This is a slap in the face to all that we do to uphold the laws and keep the public safe. Uh, your response to that, sir? My response first, we've got to make this clear. The, the, the DVD is called Never Get Busted Again, but there's some confusion out there. Our website is nevergetbusted.com. After this story hit, within three hours, somebody bought Never Get Busted Again. We think it could be the DEA because there's certainly nobody's returning my calls to get that web address bought, and people are going to Never Get Busted Again and not finding us. It's nevergetbusted.com. Now, in answer to your question about Mark Waters, Mark Waters doesn't know me personally. He does know that I was hired by a defense attorney here in East Texas as an expert witness, at which time I pointed out to the defense attorney that a case Mark Waters did, the dog false alerted on the vehicle for them to gain access into the vehicle. I proved that on film. Now, we didn't actually go to court because there's plea bargains and that kind of thing. So Mark Waters has a personal problem with me. I don't have a personal problem with him. There again, I agree he's a misinformed police officer. By the way, he's unpaid. He does this all voluntarily through the constable's office. He is a really good interdiction officer. I've seen him, and he does a great job. But uh, your motives have to be questioned when you're doing it for no pay. It certainly is not to protect the American people. He loves being in the newspapers with the big drug seizures, just like I did. So that's where he's at in the level of his life right now, maybe with some maturity, some real information. Uh, he, you know, he'll change like I did. If not, that's okay, too. Now, Barry, uh, again, according to the Tyler Morning Telegraph, they indicate that you arrested uh, a mayor's son and a city councilman on drug charges. How did that turn out? Uh, when I was, after I left Permian Basin Drug Task Force, I was asked to head the narcotics division for Gladewater Police Department. And I did. I arrested the mayor's son uh, for methamphetamine. I arrested a city councilman for a bag of marijuana and a pistol. Um, at that time, I was making more arrests in my little jurisdiction than the entire task force that had a larger jurisdiction around me, which caused our department to pull out of that task force. So they lost money because of me which turned the task force against me, who was friends with the DEA, and they just harassed and harassed and harassed me to the point I opened a car dealership and left law enforcement. So that's what some, as I was busting the drugs at a top level back then. Cops didn't like me because of jealousy. Now I'm helping the American people with this, and the cops, you know, some of them claim they don't like me. So either way, whether I'm busting drugs or, or helping good American citizens, police officers just 
are not in favor of me, the majority. But that's slowly swinging, I believe. I think with good information, that can all change. And, and I would agree with that, with that thought. There are uh, thousands of drug reformers across this land, uh, around the world, uh, working to uh, expose the truth about this drug war, that it's a, a pretty much just a fabrication. And, uh, and what surprises me is that uh, some of those drug reformers are worried about you. Uh, it seems that uh, it's caused some consternation. They worry that you're uh, outlining the nature of the cop shop, how it works, how to beat the police at their own game is somehow wrong, a violation of trust between officers, and that somehow it will distance ongoing efforts uh, to work with those drug warriors. Your, your thoughts on that? They're calling people that have, let's take marijuana for instance, we'll talk about the other three substances later. They're calling people that have marijuana criminals. You know, why are you helping these criminals? Well, if, if breaking a law means somebody's a criminal, then anybody that drives 56 in a 55-mile-per-hour zone is a criminal. Except when you speed, you get a ticket. When you get arrested for marijuana, they send you to jail and prison. That's crazy. So just because somebody's breaking a law does not make them a criminal. Thank God there were people that helped escaped slaves go north. Now, those slaves were considered criminals. They would hang those slaves if they got caught. So just because our court system has a law, if somebody breaks that, that does not make them a criminal, just like those slaves were not criminals. People carrying marijuana in their car are not criminals. Okay, as far as, far as the Reformation, uh, thank God for uh, the drug reformation uh, uh, organizations out there. I mean, they have carried the ball to a level right now that took a lot of work and a lot of pain. I'm a different, different colored animal to them. My fur doesn't run the same way. I'm spotted. They're not used to somebody like me. And I'll use this analogy. It's like putting a really high caliber bullet in kind of an older handgun. When you pull the trigger, nobody knows what's going to happen. Well, all my life I've been that high-caliber bullet. I brought narcotics interdiction to a new level. Well, I say now it's time to carry drug reformation to a new level. At the rate the drug reformationists are going, guess what? The war on drugs is still happening. Marijuana is still illegal. I know, I know those places have done a good job. I'm not discrediting them. But this is 2006. This isn't 1956 anymore. If we're ever going to stop the atrocity that's happening to the American people, you know, I'm not saying use me, but use somebody like me that's willing to take this football across the gold line. You know, we're at the 25-yard line right now. I didn't do anything to carry that ball to the 25-yard line. I'm qualified to talk about this. Give me the ball and let's help run this thing into the, uh, into the end zone together. So, yeah, there are some drug reformationists that are like, oh, my goodness, if we, if we add Barry to us, that's going to make law enforcement mad at it. Who cares? It's the law enforcement that's imprisoning our kids. Listen, jails and prisons are horrible places to be. They're not full of cable TV and pool tables like I was told when a kid. 
You have to pee in front of people. You have to use uh, uh, the bathroom in front of other people. You don't get to eat very well. You can't hug your kids. You can't uh, be with your wife. All those normal things are taken away. It stinks in there. You have to be on guard all the time. Now, we need prisons for people who rape and murder and molest children. But to put somebody in jail for marijuana is like putting somebody in jail for driving 56 in a 55. It's a horrible injustice. It's crazy. It destroys lives. It's wrong. And I'll add one more thing to that. Jimmy Carter said it best when he said, when the legal side effects of marijuana destroy the person and the family more than just the marijuana itself, we have a problem. In other words, if we would just let these people smoke pot, the side effects of that are very little. Putting them in jail for that pot destroys their life. So it's crazy. It's ludicrous. Everybody knows it. You know, I, I think there are no better representatives, no better uh, experts, if you will, than those drug warriors, the cops, the wardens, the guards, those who have been involved with this and who have seen the, the hopelessness of this, that, that the harder we try, the worse it gets. I hope to receive your video here in the next few days, and uh, I'll give it a review early in 2007, but I do want to wish you well and uh, ask you one more time. Uh, folks can go to your website. They can see the trailer. They can learn more about your work. They can order the video. Tell them once again where that website. Okay, thanks, Dean. It's NeverGetBusted.com. We're ranked uh, number 11 on YouTube and number 15 on YouTube as far as the most downloaded uh, video. So uh, this thing's going crazy. You know, it's made world news, national headlines, and it needs to. We need to get our fellow Americans out of jail for the marijuana. It's crazy. We need to end this drug war. It's ludicrous if... If, getting drug, if the war on drugs were working, then why do we have more people in prison for drugs than ever before and more drugs available than ever before? Walter Conkright said it best. It's a failed policy. Now, a quick closing thought. I understand that uh, you're going to give a portion of your proceeds back to some of those uh, uh, people whose lives you disrupted by busting them. Is that right? Yes, sir. We released that information yesterday. You can check that on all Check that out on our website, NeverGetBusted.com. And I do feel bad. I can't, I can't get it out of my head. Okay, like the people that fought in the Vietnam War, and they have nightmares. We need to listen to them about the problems in the Vietnam War. Well, I was in the war on drugs with over 800 narcotics arrests, seized over 50 vehicles and over half a million in cash, I ran, in cash and assets. I ran over 100 search warrants. People need to listen to the warriors that were actually in the war on drugs. I can't get it out of my head, and I have dreams seeing these little kids' eyes with tears, the parents with tears, as I'm dragging the parents away from their children, and their children are going to Child Protective Services. That haunts me. I feel bad that I destroyed their lives. Yes, I was doing my job, but I was still a grown man that should have taken it on myself to think outside the box and do the research when I was arresting those people, I didn't do that. I've done that now. I feel bad about it. I'm taking a portion of the proceeds. Anybody I've ever arrested for marijuana, 
If they will email me through my website, I'm going to give them a public apology and a portion of the proceeds of this DVD to, the, to them to maybe ease the pain that I caused them and their family. I know the answer to this, but I think we should share it with the, the listeners. Uh, marijuana constitutes the bulk of the arrests in this country, but uh, you, you don't think that it's proper that we arrest folks for these other drugs as well, do you? Absolutely not. If solving our cocaine, heroin, and methamphetamine problem was a matter of putting people in jail, it should have already been solved. Okay, now, my personal choice, those three drugs, I consider them dangerous. However, I know some people who use those from time to time, and they're fine. I personally wish all three of those drugs were eradicated off planet Earth. They're not. I'm a realist, and they're not ever going to be. The problem with those three drugs, it does hurt lives, but the answer is not to put people in jail for it. There's, you know, half the smokers, half the cigarette smokers in the last 10 years have quit smoking due to good education. If we would have started throwing cigarette smokers in jail, we would still have a big cigarette problem. Prohibition does not work. It didn't work with alcohol. It put alcohol into the hands of the Al Capones who shot cops. Cops shot back. People died. We took the alcohol out of the hands of the Al Capones when we lifted the prohibition, put it in the hands of the government to regulate, and it made it safer. Well, once again, we've been speaking with former uh, police officer and producer of the new DVD, Never Get Busted Again. Uh, it's on the web at nevergetbusted.com. Mr. Barry Cooper, thank you for being with us on the Cultural Baggage Show. Dean, you call me any time, buddy. Okay, now it is the holiday season, and uh, in light of that, we're going to rerun an old Name That Drug By Its Side Effect, and I think if you think about it, you'll get this one. It's time to play Name That Drug By Its Side Effects. Nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, cirrhosis, psychosis, and dementia. The number one contributor to domestic violence and death on American highways. Time's up. The answer, beer. Tax regulated and freely available in all non-Muslim countries. Hey man, this is Tommy Chong for the Pacifica Network telling everybody, don't let, what, what is free it man? Speech. Don't let free speech go up in smoke. Don't let free speech go up in smoke, man. Terry Nelson spent 32 years working for the U.S. government as a customs, border, and air interdiction officer. He retired last year as a GS-14, the equivalent of a bird colonel. This is Terry Nelson speaking on behalf of Leap law enforcement against prohibition. Help may be on the way. I think a good way to end the year is to talk about the positive changes that may be coming to help our nation and others deal with the problems of drug addiction. According to the independent news in the United Kingdom, a team of Australian researchers may have found a way of eliminating alcoholic cravings using a drug which blocks the euphoric high associated with getting drunk. The research focused on sales in the region of the brain that produces erectin, a chemical linked to drink or drug-induced euphoria. Scientists at Melbourne's Howard Florey Institute made a compound that blocked erectin's effects and gave it to rats that had already been turned into alcoholics. The head of the team, Dr. Andrew Lawrence, said the results were remarkable. In one experiment, the rats that had alcohol freely available stopped drinking it after receiving the erectin blocker, he said. Eureka Alert.org 
posted a different story out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina, which offers hope for cocaine addiction. They reported that understanding the coordinated involvement of multiple proteins in cocaine abuse provides insight into the molecular basis of the disease and offers new targets for pharmacotherapeutic intervention for drug abuse-related disorders. Dr. Scott Hembry said, These studies are an important and significant step to further our understanding of the vast and long-term consequences of cocaine use and may provide insight into novel targets for medication development. Our drug problem in the United States is much different from our crime problem and thus requires a different approach. Lead calls for the complete legalization of drugs and the implementation of a regulation and control system. By legalizing drugs, we will take control of the drugs out of the hands of the criminal elements and eliminate much of our crime and violence problem. The legalization of drugs while greatly reducing our prison population, will do nothing to help our drug problem, and thus a different approach will be needed. Leap believes that approach should be to use some of the billions of dollars in savings from the justice system and proceeds from the taxes collected from legal drug sales to provide medical treatment and pay for research in defining a cure for drug addiction. Leap believes that drugs are too dangerous to be left in the hands of criminals. It's time to regulate and control them. Let's put the money into research and treatment instead of jails and prisons. We all want a better future for ourselves and our children. This is Terry Nelson at www.leap.cc signing off. Law enforcement against prohibition. These men and women have served in the trenches of the drug war as prosecutors, judges, cops, guards, and wardens. They have seen firsthand the utter futility of our policy and now work together to end drug prohibition. Please visit leap.cc. The DEA is a joker, the FDA is a joke. The joke is on the USA, so why not take a poke? Poppygate, bizarre news about the U.S. policy on controlling heroin, featuring Glenn Greenway. According to the Office of National Drug Control Policy, poppy cultivation in Afghanistan has increased 102-fold in the five years since the U.S. invasion following 9-11. According to the World Bank, in 2006, U.S.-occupied Afghanistan's poppies potentially produced enough heroin to completely satisfy yearly world demand with a 30% reserve. So, it's no wonder that, according to a classified DEA report obtained by the LA Times, U.S.-occupied Afghanistan's poppy fields have become the fastest-growing source of heroin in the United States. In response, Orange County Sheriff's spokesman Jim Amormino stated, quote, Heroin from Afghanistan is our biggest rising threat in the fight against narcotics, end quote. DynCor, an American-based company with nearly 10 years of experience in eradicating Colombia's illegal drug crops, has been awarded a new $2.1 billion contract that will include operations in Afghanistan. Plan Colombia has already provided DynCor with $4 billion in taxpayer money after being introduced and championed by President Clinton's drug czar, General Barry McCaffrey. 
proof that it's a small world after all? General McCaffrey currently sits on the board of directors of DynCorp. This is Glenn Greenway reporting for the Drug Truth Network. Well, we're about done with 2006. I want to thank reporters Glenn Greenway, Phil Smith, Terry Nelson, Doug McVeigh, Winston Francis, Howard Wooldridge, Loretta Nall, Cliff Thornton, and all the others I'm probably forgetting for all the fine reports they prepared in 2006 for the Drug Truth Network. Speaking of which, tune into this week's Century of Lies show to hear Phil Smith give the 10 best of and 10 worst of for the drug war this year. That's at drugtruth.net. Seriously, for the new year, please limit your intake of that most dangerous of drugs, alcohol. And as always, I remind you, because of drug prohibition, you don't know what's in that bag. Please be careful. To the Drug Truth Network listeners around the world, on behalf of engineer Philip Guffey, this is Dean Becker for Cultural Baggage and the Unvarnished Truth. The show produced at the Pacifica Studios of KPFT, Houston. Jap dancing on the edge of cannabis. <laughs>